Welcome to the Nativist Podcast, where we tap into our instinct and natural power to live intuitively. The ultimate goal is to leave the world healthier and more beautiful than we found it. It all starts on the individual level by cultivating our mind-body connection. Whether you're on a healing journey or just want to look and feel your best, I hope by the end you feel a little happier, a little more inspired, and a little more invested in yourself and the world. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Thank you. Hey everyone, welcome to the latest episode of the Nativist Podcast. Today is a solo podcast and the topic was suggested by one of you beautiful people. I had canvassed on Instagram for topics you guys wanted to hear about, so this is one of them. First, before I get started, I want to say how good it feels to be back in the podcasting game. It has been months. Some of that was unintentional. Well, mostly it was unintentional because first of all, I had tech issues with my computer that seemed to have been never ending. Grateful that I have a computer to even have tech issues with, definitely. But it was a little defeating to have things continually happen. Resolve those and then COVID hit and that kind of threw everything out of whack and just getting back into it. And we'll kind of talk about that today, and I'm really, really stoked to dig into this. So the topic is motivation and showing up for yourself. And those are actually kind of two separate topics, but married together perfectly. So pumped to dig into it. So thank you for the suggestion. And let's get into it. So... I actually did a blog post on this, so I really drew from that too, and then also just went ham when I even started diving into this topic and came up with so many things I wanted to share with you guys. So hopefully you find value in this. Please let me know if you do. Okay, so let's talk about showing up for yourself. And part of that comes with identifying your purpose. And I truly feel that you can have multiple purposes And I know sometimes that can throw people if you don't know what your purpose is or you're still exploring that. And this is different from your passion. I think that there is a collective purpose that we all have and that is to love each other and learn and grow. I think that's kind of the humanitarian collective purpose that we all have. Just bottom line, that is a thread that ties us all together. And then I think we have also individual purposes too. And you can have career purposes, you can have personal purposes. Sometimes those are one and the same, sometimes they're different. So it's just digging into what is your purpose and or purposes and what works for you. And part of that is just identifying what you personally need to grow and to contribute the most value to the world. Not to your accomplishment record, but to the world. And some people's purposes require high profile roles and some are slower paced and more low key. And I think aligning with your true purpose and talents and potential allows you to work smarter. It allows you to focus and leverage your talents and skills for maximum impact, which helps you feel fulfilled, motivated, engaged, and progressive, and it just lights your fire. And also important to note is the comparison game can be very destructive here. If you're comparing your purpose or your agenda to somebody else's, it might throw you and it might make you feel worse about yours. It might make you doubt yourself, might make you feel less than, might make you feel shame. No good. 
shake that if you can. And it's okay if you're constantly dipping back into that comparison game. I am. I catch myself doing that all the time. I have made so much progress, but still, I'm human and I still feel the effects of that, especially with social media, especially just with this world that we live and that we're inundated with so much imagery and so much information, especially about what other people are doing. And we feel pressured. We feel held to a timeline, an arbitrary timeline. And I saw something today my friend had sent me, and it's kind of a common theme that I've really ascribed to, but there is no timeline. And I've said this before, and it's so funny. It's just foolish to me, I guess, that we hold ourselves to this timeline because as this meme or whatever she sent me pointed out, there are more than 7 billion people in this world, and it makes no sense that we would all do things the same way at the same pace, right? And the, the examples noted in this were Kamala Harris, who found the love of her life, I think it was at 49, and then married him when she was 50. So falling in love, there's no timeline for that. Having kids, get creative if you have a certain goal that you want to achieve and it doesn't necessarily play out the way that you want it to or think it should get creative the possibilities can be endless so anyways let's bring this back to everybody is different we're all in different places on the balance spectrum and require different lifestyles to balance us and to contribute to our growth and our learning and that's why self-awareness is key i will shout that to the end of time how important self-awareness is we need to reflect and do our shadow work and level with ourselves to know where to step it up and venture out, literally and figuratively, and where to pump the brakes and ease up. And I want to share with you some self-motivating practices I do that helps fill my cup and light my fire and get me feeling good and ready to take on the world and take on my to-do list and do what I want to do to fulfill my purpose and just my micro and macro goals. So let me know if any of these resonate with you. I personally, I want to know, I'm generally not motivated by harshness, by criticism. You know those people who are like, tell me that I can't, and that will just light me up and I can't wait to prove you wrong. Yeah, that's not me. I kind of collapse when somebody comes down on me hard. And that's not to say that I don't welcome and invite constructive criticism, absolutely. Feedback is what helps me grow. But my inclination is to collapse and withdraw. So I'm working on that as far as embracing feedback. And again, I've come a long way. A lot of that comes with self-love and reflection and all of that shadow work. But some people thrive when people give them some heat and tell them that they can't do it and really lean into the tough part of tough love um, sometimes without the love and that is what makes them feel alive and charged that's not me and so I know that about myself I don't think that's something that I need to change about myself I just need to work with it and accommodate it so I do I accept it and I act accordingly I'm motivated by light by encouragement by gratitude by acknowledgement mainly self-acknowledgement and to channel this and this applies not to This applies, my practices that I will share with you apply to, I think, the general population, not just if you're motivated by harsh criticism. I think these can apply to everyone. But here's what I personally do. So one really uplifting thing that I do is I reflect on past accomplishments. And I have to remind myself to stop and reflect because it's easy to be so 
channeled by what you need to do and what you haven't done and so consumed by that, that it, for me at least, is crucial to think back on what I have done because that really makes me feel good. It fills my cup. I'm like, oh, yeah, look what I did. And this really is especially effective when I'm feeling kind of beat down and feeling, oh, I have so much to go. I don't feel like I'm where I want to be with my life. I feel like I am nowhere near where I thought I would be. Just all of those thoughts that kind of swirl around and many of you can probably relate to in various forms, but they happen to me and I have to really dig in and think about what I have accomplished so far that makes me feel like I can do things and I can do hard things and I can do them well. And so have a highlight reel that you really draw from when you're feeling a little less than. Another thing that I do is encourage and celebrate others. So I know not everybody is motivated in the same way by the same things, but personally, I like to encourage and celebrate others. Um, So let's start with the first part of that, encourage others, because this fills you up with light. It just does. So sure, there's a selfish aspect to that, but truly, like it's genuine, like I'm genuinely encouraging others. You see, I think for me, at least, it's so easy to see others' potential, right? And you just want to applaud them and lift them up and let them know that they can do it because you see all that they're capable of. And I appreciate that so much when I receive that from others, especially when I'm feeling a little low. And so the second part of this, celebrate others. I saw a good quote, uh, it's been a while, and it talked about how you should celebrate others' accomplishments because it shows you, not just accomplishments, but just good things that happen to them because it shows you that it's possible. It shows you that it can happen. So let's say that somebody found the love of their life. It shows you that it can happen. Let's say somebody hit a career milestone. It shows you that it's possible and it can happen. So why not cling to that and focus on the positivity of that? And that will take you farther, I think, further, I think, than if you're just to get lost in the storm of self-doubt and shame and all of that. So personally speaking, that's what helps for me. Next, I am a big consumer of personal development material. So we're talking podcasts, books, etc. I love it. <laughs> I've always loved it. They're not all created equal, at least in my perspective. There are some that really light you up and it's all subjective because what can really take me to the next level and really resonate with me might not really do it for you. And so it's just dipping into that world and seeing what fits for you. And I listen to a lot of podcasts. Some of my favorites are the Jay Shetty podcast. Um, Love Goop. I had I was aware of it. I love Gwyneth Paltrow, but hadn't really listened to the podcast. Big lover of that, Brene, uh, Brene Brown. Love her. Her Dare to Lead and her Unlocking Us. Good. I love them. I love them. And I can share some of the other motivational and personal development podcast material that have personally helped me. I love the, the Shaleen Show. Um, and these you can all find on, spot, find on Spotify or whatever podcast platform that you use. Um, Glennon Doyle's Untamed book. I recently read that I really liked. I'd heard such good things about it. Hers was about living unapologetically and just 
being yourself and not apologizing for that and owning your power. Love that. And what else? If you have any suggestions, drop them in the comments or reach out to me. I love to hear any suggestions, any recommendations. I love, love, love. Okay, so moving on. Gratitude, that is a powerhouse of a motivator. So it lets us know that what we have is enough. Even if it might look bleak, what we have, at the very least, man, you have breath in your body. That's what you have going for you right now. Start there and then work your way up. And I like to always, not always, I don't do this as much as I should, but I try to, especially if I'm kind of feeling stuck, I think of three things that I'm grateful for and also three things or three ways that it could be worse. So sometimes like if it's in the winter and I'm like, gosh, just I'm kind of feeling a little down and out. So then I'll think of three ways that life could be worse. I could not have warm water. I could have to take a frigid shower. That would really suck. Or if like my car broke down or something like that, I could think, oh, well, it could be raining right now or whatever else could have gone wrong to make this 10 times worse. It really kind of lifts you up out of the dumps of wherever you are and puts things into perspective and reframes it. So it's a little life hack that I like to use. And just, I'm a believer of the power of daily acknowledgement of gratitude. I won't say that I'm a practicer of it. I should be. I've gotten into the habit now of thinking of what I'm grateful for when I put my head down on the pillow at night, but I haven't been as diligent with making gratitude lists. I think that that's really effective. Or gratitude journals. I have one of those that I really haven't added to lately that I should and I think I will recommit myself to that okay next self-care cannot pour from an empty cup I feel like this is one of those well-touted pieces of advice that we've all heard and it's so easily dismissible right and self-care means so many different things and encompasses so much so self-care is yeah taking that bubble bath and kicking back with a glass of whatever makes you happy or getting a massage or taking a nap and and I'm a big believer in naps by the way I don't really take them as much as I want to but big believer in them but self-care also means tough love it also means leveling with yourself not letting yourself believe bs stories it means not letting yourself off the hook it means digging into your shadows it means getting uncomfortable it means committing to your ultimate good and to the higher good for everybody. It means pulling your weight for yourself and for others, showing up for yourself. That segued nicely. This means just showing up for yourself no matter what that means, just like you would with a good friend or a partner. True love for yourself and for others is being honest, living with integrity, and giving yourself what you truly need for your ultimate health, good, and growth, and not just what feels good in the moment. And sure, have that bubble bath, but maybe take some time also to balance it out with whatever things that you don't want to do that will actually get you closer to your goals. And think about, have that in the back of your mind of what kind of person you want to be, what kind of lifestyle you want to have, what kind of goals you want to achieve, and have that floating around in the back of your mind. But self-care, self-care is integral to health, to motivation, and if you're running yourself ragged and you're just on e running on e you're not going to be able to 
contribute the way that you want to contribute to your to-do list, to your family, to your friends, to any of it, to the world, to your job. And sometimes you're just in survival mode. I get that. Especially you parents are just doing what you can to get through the day. So just take those micro moments if you can. Um, do a little extra breath work in the bathroom. I know somebody had suggested they are, I think she was a doctor and she was really jam-packed. She had a jam-packed schedule and she was a mother of I don't know how many. So it's not like she could not block out two hours a day to meditate or an hour or even 20 minutes. So every time that she would wash her hands, which should be a lot lately, especially, she would just close her eyes and just practice mindfulness, um, pay attention to how the water was moving over her hands, take a deep breath. And the breath work that I like to do, um, either box breathing, so inhale for let's say four counts or you can do five counts, hold for five, exhale for five, hold for five. Or another hack is to inhale for four, hold for seven and exhale for eight. And I have heard and Brene Brown confirmed this, so it must be true, that all that matters is that you exhale longer. So box breathing still works, absolutely, but I love the exhale, and when I exhale, oh, it's orgasmic, I swear. So you, I just think of all the stress and the shit and the worries and the insecurities and everything that I'm just releasing and letting go, and I just pour all of that into it. When I am exhaling in, it is transformative. Instantly makes me feel lighter and breath work, even if you mentally don't think it's working, your body is still physiologically responding to it. It activates your parasympathetic nervous system, so it is helping you. And I personally am high strung. <laughs> I just am. I am just made of cortisol completely, I think. I've mellowed out a lot from when I was younger. I was such a type A little shiz. I would just stress out over things that I couldn't control and I still do that's still my inclination I have mellowed out so much and I remember a few years ago I had some lab work done and I was feeling good and kept assuring my doctor oh I'm telling you when you run those results you'll be so impressed well I didn't exactly say this but this is kind of what I was indicating I've mellowed out so much I will you'll see that in the lab results and he got the results back and he's like listen your cortisol, your stress levels are off the charts. So especially lately in this past, I'd say even a few months, I've really dialed in and refocused on that because I, I've i learned that stress, and I've read this through my research and from study, that stress is the biggest indicator of health. So I remember I went to the bodies exhibit a long time ago, and even if you're a smoker and overweight and all these other conditions, if you aren't a stressor if you are calm then that is going to put you farther ahead further ahead than somebody who is a stress mess so that just really drives home the importance of doing what you can to manage your anxiety manage your stress whether that comes in the form of medication therapy mindfulness whatever your approach of choice is make sure that you do that because I know when I am strung out and I'm anxious I mean, it's just, it's physical, it's physiological. Like it clouds your judgment, it clouds your thinking, brain fog, your body is in fight or flight mode, it just takes over and you're not able to think clearly. And that might give you a little hit of energy initially, but long-term it really degrades 
your functioning, your thinking, all of that. So it really does play into my overall theme today of taking care of yourself and how to show up for yourself and how to motivate yourself because I'm motivated when I'm feeling good, aren't you? I'm motivated when I'm in the flow. I'm motivated when I feel on top of my game and that is how you can do that. And it starts at with the basics, taking care of yourself. Okay, next. I clear my mind and I meditate and that just kind of segues from the previous tip that I had said, um, breath work, stillness. So I'm again trying to work on being more calm and that comes with breath work throughout the day, especially at night. Every night before I fall asleep, I will do the three rounds of inhale for four, hold for seven, exhale for eight. So there's that. And then throughout the day also, especially if I'm feeling a little anxious, um, stillness. And one practice that really works for me is walking meditation. So I just zen out. I play some music. um, I get my headphones and I just walk and it is therapeutic for me. I love it. And exercise really clears my mind too. I love intense exercise. My body does not. So my mind loves it. My body does not. So I've really had to pump the brakes with that. And I've really had to figure out what works for me and honor that. Um, Sometimes I do push it, but I will have like one, I think I've dialed it down to one really heavy, intense, intense, intense workout a week um, where I go for hours on end, just however long I want to go. And other than that, I actually have only been doing like 30 minutes, um, 26 minutes, 30 minutes. I just have my own little regimen that I've been doing and I've been working out from home because of COVID. So that really helps me and it clears my mind and just taking care of my body, um, but not overdoing it, not underdoing it, but not overdoing it and listening to what my body needs. And that really contributes to my overall overall well-being and functioning and it helps stillness just being still as much as you can not that you have to spend your whole day still but just take little moments if you can throughout your day random acts of kindness is next i am recharged by random acts of kindness and it really can turn your day your week your month your life around just little things just paying it forward in the coffee store line or complimenting someone genuinely going above and beyond on a task or a a job or just whatever you're doing and just making the world better than when you found it okay next do things aligned with my strengths and these actually fill my cup so I like to do small tasks and or things that I know that I can do and or do well because then it gives me that little boost that I may need if I'm feeling unsure of myself if I'm feeling doubtful if I'm feeling lethargic or just don't want to do whatever I need to do then I'll do something that will lift me up and make me feel good about myself make me feel good about my abilities and then I feel ready to take on whatever is next whatever hard challenging thing really needs to be done I rest, I relax, and this has been a lifelong journey to learn to do. Some of you might relate. I grew up with, and he still is this way, my father, who is incredibly productive, and a day is not complete 
is not worthwhile if you haven't spent all day going, going, going. And I remember when I first moved out, I could not sit down on the couch without feeling on edge, just waiting for him to come in and be like, okay, what are you doing? What are you going to do with your day? And this isn't to slam him. I mean, he does so much still. And I admire him and I respect him. I appreciate him. He does so much for me, but I've also found the value of resting and relaxing and more and more science is supporting this research is finding that you are so much more productive and innovative if you actually rest and relax the book essentialism is really good i think it's greg mccown really eye-opening and i love this movement with naps is it napology or something that's really advocating for naps and how important they are um, to stop glorifying the hustle, to stop making us feel like we're not doing enough if we're not constantly working, that we need to have a million jobs, that we need to, that we always have to have like five different things going on and just simplifying. And I feel like the Europeans have that figured out far more than we do. We're finally catching up. In 2020, in COVID, as much of a rocker as it's been or as they've been, has shown us the value of that of resting and relaxing and we are humans too that should be enjoying our lives man not just working towards the next thing on the hamster wheel you know like we should actually take time to take it all in and embrace it and part of that so take time to reflect on all that you have and all that you've done and just take some time to yourself and they show that, um, well, I like, I personally like to honor the rhythms of motivation and inspiration and the ebbs and the flows and realize that play and relaxation aren't luxuries. They're absolutely crucial to progress, innovation, breakthroughs. I didn't always realize this, but I do now. And I've really committed to living my life accordingly. So fun fact. Let's say that you have something that you're trying to figure out, you have a problem that you're trying to come up with a solution for. It's Most often, it's not when you're actively thinking on a problem when something will come to you, a solution, an inspiration, an idea. It's when you're otherwise occupied exercising, playing, watching TV, reading a book. I'm telling you, science increasingly and irrefutably supports this. Neurology supports this. So that's why so many good ideas come in the shower. Our minds are constantly working and our subconscious is continually trying to resolve problems, worries, concerns, whatever. So here's a life hack. Keep a notebook handy or at least use your phone if you have to, to note what's stressing you. This is especially powerful before bed. Um, the mere action of physically committing it to paper feels like you've actually done something about it and kind of gives you a sense of control, right? And you've taken a step towards resolution. Your subconscious will then freely ruminate on it while you sleep, unencumbered by waking distractions, and you'll often wake with a creative solution. Boom. And if not, it'll still be ruminating on it, and then in a moment of downtime, you're not thinking about it, something will come to you. Inspiration will strike, and it's magical how that happens, truly. And speaking of honoring the flow and the rhythms, when I am in the flow, I am motivated. I don't know about you. Things just flow. They're unresisted. You seem to have the golden touch. Things come together. I feel on fire in these moments. The older I get, the more I realize 
to facilitate that flow requires rest. Do you see a theme here? Rest. And to not constantly push myself. This was really hard this year when I started to realize more and more the value of rest because I would ride myself for not accomplishing more, doing more. This is, I think, the least productive I've been in my entire life this year. And part of that was having my routine disrupted by COVID and that threw me off and that was an epiphany when I learned that that can really just throw you off and make you unmotivated and withdraw and retreat if your habits and routines are disrupted. So don't ride yourself. It's not that you're unproductive or you're worthless. It's It has neurological impacts and psychological impacts. So let's also just be nicer to ourselves and give ourselves grace. Discipline is integral sure but we also need to give ourselves some grace and empathize with ourselves right um okay so let's move on to the next if we're still talking about to-do lists um this is what really helps me to not feel so overwhelmed i try to i use the any dot do app on my phone for this but also i love just having like a pen and paper to-do list that really there's just something about it that nothing else compares and I don't know about you so ideas like with my blog and my podcast and captions ideas are always coming at me constantly and it's usually when I'm not thinking about them or actively pursuing them so I'll be doing dishes I'll be out walking I'll be driving I really hate when it happens when I'm driving because I can't write it down just then but I'm always getting ideas and so my mind is just always running a million miles an hour i always have a thousand tabs open and ideas are always popping up so i never want to forget them and i never want to um let them fly by because that's happened before and it really sucks to have like a perfectly crafted caption or blog post or podcast idea and then to lose it so i'll have a running list of like a list titled ideas, a list titled captions, a list titled podcast guests, whatever, like, and I will, a to-do list, and I'll add to that so I won't forget it, and it'll be captured within those lists, and then I can move on with my day in my life, because if I don't, then I'm just consumed by it, and I can't let it go because I'm scared that I'm going to forget it, and this also helps me just feel calmer and able to organize myself and my thoughts and then actually like commit to whatever I'm doing at the moment and focus on it. And sometimes my notes are detailed, sometimes they're not, just whatever I need to jog my memory and be able to reference it in the future. And I also am am a believer in good habits, so lists, keeping lists. Uh, self-care, nutrition, mindfulness, prep work, whatever, like if you're meal prepping or you're whatever you're doing, this applies to such a broad range of topics and areas. So I found it really helpful to do as much initial work as possible to eliminate as much subsequent work as you can. Get it out of the way if you can at first and then it's not as monstrous and overwhelming when you get into it later. And if you take the time up front to organize your thoughts, your lists, your processes, your flows, the easier it is to jump into them, right? Think about how annoying it is to constantly duplicate your efforts. It's easy to just keep putting it off and telling yourself, oh, I'll just do it next time. 
So just do yourself a favor and knock out the streamlining process now because it's so worth it. I love that feeling when you've taken the time to do that. Like for example, my editing, my photo editing process or my podcast editing process. I've taken the time to streamline that up front and then I just can jump right into it uh, the next time in the future. And it's just so much easier. And sometimes it's hard because we're talking about motivation to drum up that motivation in the moment in the future. And so if it's the tracks have already been laid out for you and it's already been illuminated and you already have an idea of what you need to do, it's easier because it requires less bandwidth to an energy to do it, right? So it, it really is worth it. So again, like whether this is establishing an editing flow, a home chores flow, a workout regimen, a weekly menu schedule, it's worth it. And at least for me, since my head is always in the clouds, dreaming of new ideas, which is constantly what I'm doing, I feel like, things don't always stick. I don't always remember the steps and what I've done. So even if I've done something multiple times, I forget, forget steps. I forget the processes. I forget what I need to do. And so when I forget... I'm far less motivated to do it because I know it'll take more mental bandwidth to reinvent the will, to refigure everything out, et cetera. And that just kind of annoys me to do it all again anyways, because I'm like, I've already done this. I should not be doing this again. I mean, even if it's a process that needs to be repeated, I shouldn't be reinventing the will with figuring out how to do it again and again. So I've learned to take good notes, screenshots, et cetera. And then I add these to my phone note section or a OneNote document. I don't know if you're familiar with OneNote, it's fantastic. Ask me about it if you are curious. But it's so much easier and it's just consolidated information and detailed so then you can just reference that and go. And if it helps, break it, whatever it is, into segments. And the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. It's important to have an overview, but sometimes that can be more discouraging than helpful. So focus on one step at a time. Prep if you can. So for example, if you want to work out, set your workout workout clothes out the night before. Choose your outfit for a work engagement the night before, etc. It is to it is so much easier to start a task when you're starting small. And let's say that you want to start a new habit. So they advise you to start really, really, really small. Atomic Habits talks about this, and that is a an excellent book that I highly, highly recommend, Atomic Atomic Habits. So that book advises you to start extremely small. So let's say like, for example, you want to start meditating, start with like, I think you said a minute, but you get the idea. Or even man, like 30 seconds, just I'd say a minute, start a minute or two. So that seems so manageable, right? You can do that a minute, a minute out of your day. And then The next week, start with two minutes or even the next time, whatever you feel comfortable with. And I think it's just that initial hump that you have to get over and then you start building and it doesn't seem so daunting. Like, oh my gosh, I really would love to meditate for 20 minutes a day, but to start with 20 minutes, it leaves you kind of depleted when you just jump right into 20 minutes and it doesn't really leave you jazzed to do that the next time, right? But if you work your way up, then it feels more doable. And this, so here's a hack too that I use for working out personally. So let's say that I am just exhausted and I'm just not feeling it. I am not motivated. I don't want to work out. So what I do is I tell myself 10 minutes, girl, you got this for 10 minutes. You 
are allowed to quit after 10 minutes. 10 minutes is doable. So I will get ready. I will get my equipment, whatever I need, and then I'll work out for 10 minutes. I'll set my timer. Every single time, every single time, I have made it through more than 10 minutes. I've made it the full amount. But it just feels so good to have that out. And that is magical and that has helped so, so incredibly much. So there's a hack that's worked for me. Hopefully it works for you. And stack habits. Let's say that you want to start a habit, um, just add it to a habit that you already have. So hopefully you brush your teeth every day. (laughs) So let's say that you want to um, meditate. That's a common example that I keep using, but let's stick with it. Okay, so just, or be mindful or um, whatever else you want to do. Um, Maybe like be more tech savvy or news savvy or whatever, know what's going on in the world. So while you're brushing your teeth, read um, news articles from multiple perspectives, please. But that's one way that you can incorporate it. And then you just get into the habit. So you're stacking a new habit onto an existing habit. And then it just really anchors it. And that's another hack from Atomic Habits. Okay, eliminate distractions is next. This is crucial, especially for me, because I'm easily distracted. So put your phone on silent, publicize your unavailability, etc., and stick to it honor it so my sister for example she's really good about honoring her time with her family so she'll have unavailability on the weekend she's a photographer so she'll have unavailability on the weekends but she's also flexible with it so I love her approach so she honors that time um, and says that she's unavailable but she also gives the option of people paying a weekend fee so if people are willing to pay more then it's worth her time and she will take the job if it works for her and um, if they're willing to pay the fee. So that's an example and a suggestion that you could incorporate. Okay, so next, reduce what you're exposed to. So we are exposed to so much stimulation every second of every day. It's wild. Think about that. Just even if you're not on social media all the time, just sounds and news and television and radio and music and whatever else is coming at you there's constantly stuff coming at you stimulation coming at you we live in an information age digital age it's really shrunk the world and that takes a toll on us it affects us it affects our mental bandwidth we have a finite amount of mental energy each day and so if it's consumed by all of that stimulus coming at us that's going to leave less for the big decisions or the energy to work on your goals or to work out or to make good choices for yourself and for others. So if you can eliminate as much of that noise, literally and figuratively as you can, and meditation is a good way to do that. Those mindfulness breaks are a good way. At the very least, if you can't dedicate like a block of time to meditation, at least close your eyes. And then if you can just like sit in stillness, even if it's for 30 seconds and then that way, you're able to block some of that stimulation coming at you and preserve some of your energy and your bandwidth. And tied to all of this is eliminating what requires your attention daily. So start by reducing the number of daily choices you must make and what you give your attention to. So like, for example, for the daily choices, um, what to eat, maybe streamline that. Maybe you can have like a set monthly menu that you stick with or whatever, Um, what to wear, 
uh, maybe wear the same color like on Monday and then on Tuesday and like have a set color, whatever, however you wanna structure it, have that so you have to make less choices. So a lot of the big high performers, I should say, I know that like Mark Zuckerberg um, has said that he wears the same thing daily because it's one less thing to suck his bandwidth, his mental bandwidth, and it's one less choice he has to make and he can use that mental bandwidth towards big decisions that further his goals. So just some something to think, to think about. Have a routine. I'm a big believer in being a free spirit too, so it's not, I think, helpful to be so rigid with your routine that you can't be flexible and can't pivot when life happens because it will. And I also am a big believer in living intuitively. So dialing into what your body needs, mind and body need and want at that moment. So being flexible enough that you can pivot, but also structured enough that you are able to have structure and not waste all of your energy away with inconsequential choices and matters and tasks and things that are sucking your attention and your energy. Energy, speaking of, try not to let your energy get sucked away by drama or gossip or things that really don't matter to you or relate to you. Sometimes it's nice to escape and lose yourself in whatever silly things are happening on social media or whatever, but what you give your attention to is what matters in your life and your life will reflect that and that's just the truth so focus your mental physical and emotional energy on what really matters and leave room for spontaneity is my piece of advice if you're willing to take it and here's something to ask yourself what are your motivations in life in general and for denying accepting individual opportunities so if you have a big opportunity and you're on the fence about it and you're inclined to say no, ask yourself, am I copping out and staying in my comfort zone because I'm scared? Am I staying busy to avoid facing something maybe? Am I taking this opportunity because I feel pressured by family, friends, society, others? Am I chasing a certain lifestyle, income, status because society exalts it, because they tell me that's what I should want, that's what I need for me to make it? What is making it anyways? That's so subjective. And does does this particular opportunity resonate with me? And this is something that I personally am revisiting more and more lately because I am not where I thought I would be. I just turned 34 and my life does not necessarily look like what I thought it would look like. And I live completely debt-free. And I could have more if I wanted and I look at my house and it's not big it's a small house and I think oh and I'm not a material person and it's only just recently that these thoughts have started popping up and I'm like man I should probably have a bigger house by now by this age right or I should have more things bigger things better things and it it felt like such a foreign thought to me because that's not how I feel anyways like I still have an iPhone 7 and I refuse to get an upgrade because I refuse to pay more, which is ridiculous. I'm like, it works, it's fine. But I'm kind of getting sucked into that mentality of the timeline and I've had to check myself on that and be like, no, I love my home. I put a lot of work into it. It feels good, it feels cozy. I don't need a lot of space, I really don't. And people make do with far less than I have. Doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with a big house. Go for it if that's what makes you happy and that's what fulfills you. I mean, there are so many angles to consider with that, but 
overall. Just if that is what rocks you out, then awesome. But for me, I've really had to check myself and again, like reflect on what my values are and where I want to be with my life, what I want my life to look like, what kind of person I want to be. And it's not about money. If it was about money, I'd be doing different. I've had opportunities to do different things and to make far more money than I'm making now, but I knew that I wouldn't be happier. I knew doing what I do now would make me happier than the opportunities that would make me more money and pull me away and give me more professional opportunities and launch my career. And I just wasn't willing to do it because I remember a few years ago and those opportunities started coming up more and more thinking, well, sure. Like for example, I could move to DC and that would catapult my career, but I would not be living my life according to my priorities and my values. And so why would I, I, most people say, like you hear a lot of people who get to the end of their lives and they're like, oh, I sacrificed everything else for my career, for, for the power, for the money, for whatever. And then you circle back and realize that it's not about that at all. So I thought, well, why don't I just skip all of that BS and just hit, hit a home run and not hit a home run, but pass go, collect the $200. And even if it's not $2,000 and then get to the end and be like, yeah, I honored what I felt was right the whole time. Even if I don't have a bigger bank account or more material possessions. And so that still holds true for me, even though still I sometimes have doubts of, well, maybe I should be doing more and making more and having more. And so it's a process, it's a journey. And that's something that I'm evolving with and growing with. And that's just something I think that comes with the society that we live in. And I think that's why it's important also to give ourselves permission to be who we want to be and how we want to be and have the lifestyle that we want, even if it's not what society tells us we should want or what our life should look like. And there is such power in that and staying true to yourself. And also it's a balance between not lulling yourself into complacency and that's been one of my biggest fears is oh well maybe I'm just scared and maybe it would be good for me but I'm just telling myself the story and maybe I should do it and get myself out of my comfort zone and that can be tricky because you have to balance that and reconcile those two well maybe that is an opportunity that I should take even though I think I'll be unhappy with it There have been opportunities that I've taken that I dreaded and I didn't want to do, but they were the best for me for my personal growth, professional growth, all of that. Even though I was scared, fear can sometimes disguise itself as doubt and stories, you know, telling yourself that, oh, I shouldn't do that because of this reason when in actuality it's fear trying to talk you out of it and you should absolutely do that. So that comes with knowing yourself and self-awareness and we'll get into that in a minute and we've kind of already talked about it, but just really knowing yourself and dialing in and having an idea of what you want your life to look like will really help inform your decisions and make you feel good about them. And let's talk about showing up for yourself some more. So showing up for yourself varies not only interpersonally among different people, but also intrapersonally with yourself. And it's likely, it'll likely vary decade to decade phase to phase, year to year, season to season, month to month, day to day, hour to hour, minute to minute, (laughs) you get the idea. Our values shift, our priorities change. Mine definitely have, especially since COVID. I 
wanted different things at the beginning of this year than I do now and I've relaxed a lot and it's not that I am not still driven and ambitious but I've also I think I don't want to say settled I don't want to say calmed down because I still have that fire but I've also just accepted life more and the value of the lulls and the ebbs and not just the flows you hear my dog in the background she's not happy about being in her crate okay so yes it's so important to to know what showing up for yourself looks like in this moment and we're growing we're evolving at least hopefully we are we're beings who don't live in a vacuum we don't control others and we don't control what happens to us even if we're manifesting we still can't control how that shows up for us so being open to it all accepting and flowing with it is a main theme of my work and attending to our ultimate good and the highest good for all won't look look the same now as it did before for you or for anyone else. That's why it's important to stay connected, especially with yourself, so you're tuned in and keeping pace with those transformations and evolutions. Think about how different your life looked 10 years ago from what it does now and what you needed then versus what you need now, what you prioritize then versus what you prioritize now. Self-awareness is crucial, powerful, transformative. Identifying what motivates you, what lights you up, dialing into why you're doing what you're doing, why you're feeling what you're feeling, what you need versus what you think you need. If any wounds, insecurities are calling the shots, when you need to push through and when you need to pull back, when you should contract and when you should expand, when you should pivot and redirect and when you should stay the course. And there's not really a guidebook for that or even a guideline and it'll differ person to person and that's why it's so key to tune into yourself to get to know yourself identify your thought patterns particularly those based in fear understand why you do what you do and think what you think to help you recognize when you're being led by fear trauma and when you're being led by intuition and wisdom practice separating from your thoughts your mental narrative and meditation helps with that get comfortable dialing into your core your true self your inner wisdom you know what you need you always have and you always will it's simply a matter of you holding space for yourself to acknowledge and honor your inner guidance and that is what inspired the nativist name that's why i called it the nativist tapping into your native knowledge and wisdom and your inner knowledge and wisdom it's natural it's there it's there for you to acknowledge and to draw from and that takes time it takes experience And your age doesn't necessarily correspond to your proficiency. Some young people have a better grasp on this than people in their 80s. Intention matters. Mindfulness matters. Self-awareness matters. And that pretty much wraps it up. I think just like I've said a thousand times just now and before in any of my blog posts or captions or podcast episodes is just being aware with yourself, knowing yourself. There's such power in that. And that will really help you to know when you're feeling low and unmotivated and lacking what you need to do to kick into gear or if you should kick into gear or if you should just take a step back and rest. And that will contribute to the lifestyle and the goals that you want to accomplish overall. And hopefully you found this valuable. I'd love to hear feedback on this. I would love if you would comment on this. I would love if you would rate and review. That would mean so much to me. If not, I get it. Thank you at least for listening. That means the world to me. And I love you all. Thank you.